Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Show 522 of my podcast, the home of intelligent rambling, right here on the talk shoot. I'm your host, Russ Hale. Got a terrific show lined up for you today on this sunny day in July. I'm going to start things off with a third entry into the Smurfs franchise with Smurfs, The Lost Village, or Smurfs 3 on Blu ray, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment. And then we are going to stick with animated with the, the animated adaptation of Ghost in the Shell, starring Charlotte Johansson, courtesy of Paramount Home Video. We keep with the heroics, if you will, if somewhat not as super as Ghost in the Shell, with my review of the extras for Flash Season 2 and Arrow Season 4 on Blu-ray, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Video. I reviewed the season before. Now we're going to talk about the extras that came with that said, I'm going to end things off in a superhero heroic mode with Spider-Man Homecoming in a theater near you. And no, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. I thought it'd be the perfect time to talk about hey, another great book from great folks at TK Publishing. It is Marvel Spider-Man Inside the World of Your Friendly Neighborhood Hero, updated and expanded from DK Publishing. That's all on this episode of Ramble with Russell. One little quick note before we get into reviews of the show. I did want to note passing of two very significant people in the entertainment industry, not this past this past week. One was Martin Landau, of course. I'll always fondly remember him as Commander Koenig in, in uh, Space 1999. And I swear, folks, back in the 70s, uh, Martin Landau in that show, uh, and I may have the... I know again with the K. It was Commander... I may have been Koenig or, or something. I'm forgetting. Uh, but back in the 70s, I swear on this, folks, Martin Landau looked like my dad in the 1970s. Had this same kind of hair, had the big sideburns, the whole deal. So it was kind of cool. I always have fond memories of Space 1999 because, one, it was a British sci-fi show. And, two, uh, it was kind of like my dad running a moon base. Kind of, in a way. So uh, I've always had a fondness for that show. And I got to say, hands down... One of the one of the creepiest sci-fi shows of the seventies, and I I mean that, but creepy in a good way. There's one episode in particular called Dragon's Domain. You can look it up on a popular video internet service on the internet. Look up that episode. Uh, one of the creepiest that I ever saw as a child. To this day, it it is like wow, I can't believe they showed that on television. Uh, kind of thing involving a derelict spaceship and a very monster. Uh, it, it's, it's something that could give, potentially nowadays could give your kids nightmares. Cause just, it's like, wow. And that's like, this, this, 
would normally you'd see in maybe like a rated R horror movie. But hey, there you go. Also, speaking of rated R and horror, another uh, legend passed away. Uh, the, this George Romero, and I believe he was only 77. George Romero, of course, if you know your horror movies, he is the granddaddy, was the granddaddy of the zombie movie. His, his movie in the 1960s, Night of the Living Dead, spawned the zombie franchise, which exists today in The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead and I Zombie and Z Land and all, or Z Nation. All, all these shows owe everything to George Ray. He took that different take on zombieism and it just kind of went from there. So, two major passings in the world of Hollywood. I don't like starting off in a downer, but I did want to mention those two as pretty significant. And, and, um, and their legacy will live on. I, and I gotta give credit to Martin Landau. Even right up until his death, the man was still acting. So, that's just the kind of guy he is. Some actors just go and go and go till they can't go no more. So, I, uh, my, my condolences go out to the Landau and the Romero family. I don't know if any of you are listening, but I appreciated both of their works. And, and Hollywood's a little less interesting uh, without those two around. So, oh, oh, one other thing before I start the show, too. I did, uh, before I started recording, check out the latest uh, trailer for a, a really um, uh, a different kind of documentary. I, I, it's called William Morrison, the Wonder Woman. It, it's kind of the origin story of Wonder Woman, but it's, it's rather unique one. And, and after seeing the trailer, if, if I could find a way to check that out, it, it really is a different take on, on a superhero origin. I, and I don't think it's necessarily going to be for kids, uh, but, but it looks different. I'm curious to the final product. It, it has me intrigued about, uh, it's been around for over 75 years. So there you go. All right, so that is enough of the opening of the show. My first Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Smurfs. The Lost Villager, Smurfs 3, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment. Now, again, this is the third in the new Smurfs movies. First one was in 2011, and then Smurfs 2 was in 2013. So, you know, they've, they've been kind of pumping them out. Now, what makes this Smurfs movie different than the previous two is unlike the previous two where you had CGI Smurfies interacting with real, uh, with real people, uh, including Neil Patrick Harris, this time around they said, you know what, we're just going to ditch the whole real person, real world Smurfs from another dimension stuff, and, and we're going to stick with, with just fully animated 3D Smurfs adventures. So no more live action, just 3D Smurfs animated. There we go. And you know what? I don't mind that. I think that maybe the, maybe the, the, the reception for the second one wasn't as good as they wanted it to. And we're kind of going back to the drawing board. And this one, uh, again, the Smurfs find, and, and we still have Gargamel. This time around, though, Gargamel has uh, a buzzard named Monty. So he has not just Azrael, but a buzzard named Monty. So that's kind of into it. The, the story revolves around Smurfette and how Smurfette, you know, she's just feeling kind of lonely. Like she's the only female Smurf in the whole village. She's technically not even a real Smurf because she was made by Gargamel to try to catch Smurfs. So, so it's taken her a while, but now she's kind of feeling like one is the loneliest number that will ever be. So, so she kind of doesn't know what her role is in the village. Like everybody is, you know, this Smurf or that Smurf, blah, 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 blah. 
but she doesn't know what she's supposed to be. So her her anjou, if you will, because she goes through a bit of anjou, uh, leads her to to just kind of wander in the foot woods with 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 uh, this time around Brandy Smurf, hefty and clumsy. You briefly see other Smurfs, but but your your main Smurfs are kind of those. Papa's in a little bit, and the other ones are just kind of there. Nosy Smurf is introduced. Baker. So it's mostly Smurfette, uh, Hefty, Clumsy, and Brainy. Now, this time around, um, Demi Lovato is Smurfette. Uh, Hefty Smurf is voiced by Joe Manglinalio. Uh Clumsy Smurf is based by Jack Player. And Brainy Smurf is by Danny Putty, who, of course, we last saw in Community. So, and, and this time, instead of Frank Azaria's Gargamel, which I thought he did a pretty decent job, uh, this time he's voiced by Ran Wilson. So that's the Gargamel voice in this one. Papa Smurf, uh, this time is voiced by Mandy Patinkin. Because, of course, Jonathan Winters did one, but he has long since passed, so they can't bring him back into it. Uh, Monty is actually voiced the, by um, D. Bradley Baker. And, of course, D. Bradley Baker used to star in the Drew Carey show and, of course, was the voice of Batman in Batman Brave and the Bold. So there you go. And Frank Miller uh, reprises the, the multi-talented Frank Miller. Uh, sorry, Frank Walker. Let me see Miller. Frank Walker uh, reprises his voice as Azriel. Of course, we don't know Frank. So, so he is the voice of Azriel. And then we have other uh, guest voices. Michelle Rodriguez is in this one as Smurf Storm. We have Julia Roberts as Smurf Willow, the, the counterpart to Papa. Ariel Winter is in this one as well. Ellie Kemper. So uh, quite a bit of um, famous voices. Megan Trainer as well is in this. So a lot of uh, famous female voices. And slight spoiler here. Well, Smurfette goes off to to find herself and finds there's a, there's a lost village, although they're not lost, uh, of, of all female Smurfs as opposed to male Smurfs. So we get that kind of interaction. This is, is actually not something new. This was first introduced in clicks by Peo years and years and years ago, but now they're finally bringing this to the big screen. So that that's kind of it. And of course, you know, you could, and then of course, Gargamel is is there as the threat. At one point, the Smurfs go into Lost Village Forest, and it is a really funky forest. There are there are plants with eyeballs, and plants that try to, I don't know, eat the Smurfs, sort of, kinda, but not really. So there's that. So it's, it's it's a very colorful movie. I think color wise, it really is a feast for the eyes. The the uh, color palette they use in this one is crazy. There's also uh, glow in the dark bunnies, uh, fire breathing dragonflies, and a really wacky river. Overall, it, it's a fairly safe movie for kids. I will warn you, parents, because I, I do like to give heads up on this. There is a scene near the end, without spoiling anything. That's kind of a teary, kind of sad thing. And they do something in the movie where I went like a double take and went, did, did, did I just see that happen? Did that, did that really just occur? So keep in mind, parents out there, that there it does get resolved in a way. I'm not going to say I hate spoiling stuff. It, it does get resolved in a way. But for a few minutes there, you're, it's kind of a WTF moment. All right, or WTL, or WTH, I should say. So you can interpret it how you want to. 
as a, as a third in a in a in a trilogy, it, I think it stands up. It because they've now ditched the live action portion of it. It does kind of stand on its own, and I think that 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 works for me. I think that that was a good decision on their point. For extras, you do get a fair amount, of course, with always with any Sony Blu-ray. You do get Blu-ray exclusives. Those are the lost editions. These are the cast members auditioning for roles in the movie that aren't necessarily the roles that they were cast as. So that's a cute little comedy bit. Uh, then you have four, count of four deleted scenes. Now, some of these scenes are interesting in that they they clearly at one point in the movie want to go a different direction, and then they change their mind, hence the scenes got deleted. Now, a lot of these scenes are just voiced and they're drawn, so don't expect fully animated deleted scenes. Other special features that are not Blu-ray exclusive, you do have Danny Demi Lovato meet Smurfette. It's a cute little one there. It is what it says it is. Lost Village, Dance Along. It's more of a kid's thing where you can learn to do dance steps with Smurfs. Uh, Smurfy Your Nails, again, another kind of kid's thing where it shows how you can paint up your nails. I, I'm not really the target demo for these extras. Uh, then it's Kids at Heart, The Making of Smurfs, The Lost Village. This is a cute, this is as close as we get to a behind-the-scenes extra where they talk about making the movie. So you have that. And, and the mar- marrying people behind the movie and how they're all, quote, kids of heart. It's a very tongue-in-cheek kind of uh, behind the scenes look into the movie uh megan trainer i'm a lady music video is in this also a baker smurfs mini kitchen it's 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 a it's a baking segment in miniature which is really cool how you can cook like the like, tiny little donuts tiniest donuts i've ever seen and then of course a, a typical draw your favorite smurfs so there's a fair amount of extras in this one no commentary if you will it would have been interesting to hear commentary especially if it's smurfs in character i would like to see Overall, a, a nice little entry into the Smurfs franchise. Uh, I could definitely see them making more uh, of, of this, like a fourth one. If this one makes enough money, I could easily see it. I kind of like now that they've gone to the fully animated. In in a way, it makes it more of a magical little corner of the world. And, and we really don't need live actors to do a Smurfs movie. Um, I get it. They did it the first time to make something different. But... I'm happy with just purely animated Smurfy adventures. You know, let's just keep it that. And I think that works just fine. The music in it is it's kind of poppy, not really targeted to my age group, but it's still, it's cute little songs for uh, cute little Smurfs movies. So that is my take of Smurfs 3 or Smurfs The Lost Village on a Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment. <laughs> She's all you'd ever want She's the kind I'd like to flop And take the dinner But she's always knows her place She's got style, she's got grace She's a winner She's a lady Whoa, whoa, whoa She's a lady Talking about the little lady And the lady is a Always something nice to say, oh what a blessing I can leave her on her own, knowing she's okay alone And there's no messing She's a lady, 
The second Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Ghost in the Shell, courtesy of the great folks of Paramount Home Entertainment. Now, this is the first live-action adaptation of the classic anime Ghost in the Shell, which came out back in 1995. Now, I believe I maybe reviewed this on the show when it came out on Blu-ray a while back. Just look at my old archives. It's, if I did, it's, it's in there somewhere. And I remember watching the first Ghost in the Shell and thinking, this was a very interesting take on the whole putting a, a human brain in a cyborg shell. The story revolves around Major, who is, who, is a, who is a kind of a very interesting cyborg. At the start of the movie, we see that her, her brain gets taken out of her 
you know, human body and put into the shell of a robot. So everything else is artificial and just really her brain is the only real part of her. So that's the, the, the plot of it. She, she, her brain gets implanted. She gets part of a, a special kind of task force in Japan and, and gets put to work. And, and, and her origin, it seems cut and dry at the start, but as it goes on, it becomes more clouded. The big conflict in here is that you have a, another uh, kind of a terrorist working in the area that is targeting the people that, that, that Major works for, and it's her job to... She's kind of like uh, a government-paid assassin to track this guy down and stop him. But as, as, the, as the movie goes on, there are more complications to that just very simple kind of assignment. Major is played by Scarlett Johansson, of course, we uh, most recently saw her as Black Widow in the Avengers and the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. This is a very interesting role for her to take on it. That This movie, in a lot of ways, reminds me of Aeon Flux uh, a few while back. Although Aeon Flux was a human with kind of cybernetic implants and enhancements as opposed to a human brain and a robot shell. Now, one of the things that, that made the original so groundbreaking is... It, it it was a very R-rated movie. Uh, much with most uh, Japanese animation, manga, anime, it, and most of it is not really designed for kids. It, it still, still is to this day, and even 20 years ago, and into this day, still a very adult-orientated movie. And the original Ghost in the Shell is very violent and and has uh, a little bit of um, nudity, if you will, a little toplessness when it comes to Major. And the Japanese don't shy away from that. Now, I was curious when I heard they were going to make a live action, thinking, you know, if, if you do R, that, that potentially eliminates a huge amount of audience. Although, look at the audience, you would argue, that came out for Deadpool, and that is a very R-rated superhero movie. So the studios and their wisdom decided, oh, we want to go for a broader range. We don't want to restrict ourselves to just an R rating. We're going to make this PG. By PG-13, this movie, uh, they really kind of somewhat diminished it in the way. Yes, the story is still there. The plot's still there. The whole humanity, what is humanity kind of question is out there. And, and Scarlet has her, her face, her facial expressions are very good as a robot. And, and she still has all the moves she had as, as Black Widow. So, so that the story and the plot is there. I, I love the music in this movie. It's it's very nineteen um, eighties kind of arcadey, which is a, a nice feel to it. It it very much has the feel of of I'm watching an eighties movie because there's a kind of eighties kind of synthetic kind of soundtrack. The visuals on this are stunning. It, it it probably the effects in in this futuristic world are amazing. What people are criticizing this on is that they made it PG-13. By going for that more broader audience, they had to tone down the violence, and and for the most part, even though there, there are scenes where Major is Saul's clothes, it's a very non-sexual look. The the bumps for the, the chest are there, but there's no, you know, extra bits. There's no... I, you know, I'm, I try to be a family-friendly show. There's no certain things in those bumps which would say which would make it more of an R-rated movie and 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 
and, and so they they very much PG it. So for all you you fanboys there thinking, uh, uh, I'm going to see Scarlett Johansson topless. No, I'm sorry. If you're looking for that, you're thinking, well, it's Ghost in the Shell. It was in the animated. Surely it would be in the movie. No. Uh, she does, you know, do that whole, I wear, but it's more of an exoskeleton. It's more of a suit. There are no, it's not like the animated movie. <laughs> so if you're looking for certain things on a certain chest of area, nah. Yes, they're, they're skin toned, sort of, but, but they're very careful in how they do that. Now, I don't know if this is just the studio saying, we just want a bigger audience for this. Or Scarlett Johansson saying, yeah, I'll do this role, but no, no, I, I'm not appearing that way on camera. You, you work around the whole bodysuit thingy, but, but that's not happening. So, so keep that in mind. The, 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 again, the effects are really stunning. It's a very interesting story and kind of makes humanity. Along with Scarlett Johansson, we have um, uh, Michael Pitt is kind of the, the main kind of sympathetic villain. He starts off as a, you know, just a killer, but you understand his motives a little bit more. Uh, Juliette Binoche is, is in this well as uh, Dr. Ouellette. Um, and then you have um, Plo Asbeck as Batu. Uh, so you have, you know, all, all the characters from the the animated are there, although uh, in the animated, Dr. Ouellette was, was a male. In this one, they chose to go female to give more of that kind of mothering relationship between Major and Dr. Ouellette. So that has that spin on it. Overall, I, I, I liked the movie. It had a, it had a, a nice kind of feel to it. it. I could definitely see a spinoff in the near future. It's quoted as mind-blowing. You've never seen anything like it from Kevin Steincross at Fox TV. Yes, uh, as, as, as a visual movie, it's, it's right up there. I would compare this to, say, Blade Runner back in the day when it comes to just a futuristic city that looks really cool. I'm really curious to see how they update the Blade Runner look for the new Blade Runner movie, which is coming out very soon, how they take the template they did back in the 80s and apply it to here. I think in some ways that city is going to be very similar to the city that we saw here in Ghost in the Shell. So, yeah. Uh, for extras, you do get a few special features. There's only about three of them. They're, they're not very long. Again, missing is, is a gag reel. No, I would have liked to see a gag reel in this movie. Uh, no audio commentary by the director and or Scarlett Johansson. That would have been cool. I would have looked forward to that. So it, it's kind of a bare bones kind of um, featurette. It, they do give you three kind of makings of, and they go over the different aspects of how to make the film, how they did some of the wire work. And there is some really good wire work in this movie and how they did some of the special effects. Uh, overall, if you're not familiar with, with Ghost in the Shell, this is a neat introduction. If you want to see it in its purest form, I would encourage you to go back, try to find the 1995 anime. Keep in mind, uh, if you have kids around, this is a better version to watch than that one. If you're going to go back to the anime because of the violence and the somewhat sexual nature, I would not have kids around to watch it. Like my most Japanese manga anime, it ain't designed for kids. Kids are not your audience for that particular thing. 
After seeing this, I'm very curious to see if they'll ever do a live-action Akira. That is another kind of classic a movie from back in the 80s, which I are back from a few years ago, which I think would make a very interesting live-action adaptation if it was done correctly. And, and I think Scarlett Johansson is great in the role. Uh, if there was a Ghost in the Shell 2, because they, they did make animated sequels, I, I'd very much interested to check it out. They've, they set up a very neat little universe with this movie, and I'd like to see it explored a little further. Uh, and, and, and I will have to admit, it is a shame. I understand why they went for PG-13 rating, but, you know, you could argue now that Deadpool was R. It did a lot of money. It still did well. It would have been great. I, I'd love to see if they ever did uh, a director's cut of this movie and and kept it R. Kept it an R-rated movie. Didn't PG it. I'd like to see how much different an R-rated Ghost in the Shell live action would have been to a PG Ghost in the Shell live action. Just curious. Maybe one day there'll be a director's cut. We'll see. That is my take of Ghost in the Shell on a Blu-ray circa 2017. Courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment.
TV show on Blu-ray discussion for this episode is Flash Season 2 and Arrow Season 4. Now, in the last show, I, I, I talked about the, the seasons itself. Now, what I want to do this week is just kind of talk about the extras. There are so much extras they throw on TV shows. I want to make this separate bit, and plus it took me a while to get through them. I'll be honest with you. So, we're going to first talk about the extras in Flash Season 2. These are, of course, all courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Video. Now, I have to, I gotta admit something here. Uh, for Flash Season 2, they, and on four Blu-rays, they gave you a buttload of extras. Uh, included in this are six The Flash visual effects featurettes. These are ones that, that kind of highlight all the, the, the visual effects, special effects that are used in the show. And there's quite a bit because it is a very effects-heavy show. And they're very cool to watch. There's six of them spread over the four Discs. You also get uh, Barry and Iris, A New Beginning. This is a, a nice little feature where we talk about the relationship between Barry and, and Iris West and how that has progressed over the uh, two seasons. You have Whose Helmet Was That? A nice little featurette on Jay Garrick, who, who appears in this season. You also have uh, The Rogue Gallery, One Cold Father, the the um, Featuring the, the, the Snart family of Captain Cold, his dad, and his sister. So that's there. Heart and Heal, the story of Firestorm featurette is in this. Cutting Teeth, the Flash versus Killer. Killer Shark is uh, in this as well. The Power of Dr. Light. So a lot of the characters get really highlighted here. Into the Beginning, uh, Into the Breach, Design Earth 2. So a nice little featurette and how they designed the alternate Earth in this season. Very much... Still reminds me a lot of the alternate Earth from Fringe. Uh, gag reel, of course, deleted scenes on each one of the four discs. Uh, you, you get a very interesting kind of behind the story. The chemistry of, um, of, of Emily, who plays Felicity Smoke, and, and Grant Screen Test, who plays The Flash, and how they, they tested him against Felicity and, and how that worked and how that kind of got on the role of The Flash, sort of. You get feature on Grodd Lives. You get uh, Star-Crossed Hawks, one on uh, just the, the, this is the crossover for, for, for the Arrow and Flash of the season. That one and The Hunt for Vandal Savage. You also get Christmas in a Flash, little featurette on the Christmas episode. You also get um, uh, um, Chasing Flash, the, the Journey of Kevin Smith. This is a really long featurette, like practically an hour on the on the um on the episode of the flash that Kevin Smith directed you also get uh, the flash at the 2015 comic con panel that's only 50 minutes worth of that panel you do get them the paley fest this is some 
kind of festival which they've appeared at. That's like 29 minutes. So there's your big kind of behind the scenes kind of chunk there and deleted scenes. So a fair amount of extras. Uh, and sadly, though, uh, in all these extras, no audio commentary on any one of these episodes. Not in the first, not in the last, not in between. 22 episode season and you couldn't fit in a little bit of audio commentaries. This is the kind of thing, sadly, I think is going away from TV shows. It used to be really prevalent. You look at some of the past seasons of Smallville on video and they had audio commentary on a lot of the episodes, at least on the premiere and on the finale and then a couple of ones kind of in between. Nowadays, and this is still Warner Brothers here, they're kind of moving away from that and that is a shame i do like listening to those and it's not there so that's flash season two so you're thinking you know like gomer pile golly that is a lot of extras well i hate to tell you but an arrow season four i don't know why maybe because it's not such a special effects laden kind of heavy show they decided we've got to go low and so all we have primarily in the four discs are deleted scenes for each of the four discs. A gag reel, of course. Uh, you do get the Arrow 2015 Comic-Con panel, which is slightly longer than the Flashes. Uh, and you do... And, and, and I have to say, watching that panel, the, um, the actress who plays Felicity, her, her dress, I, I guess she wanted attention wearing that dress. You have to see it to believe it. Kind of made me double take. And one of the weird things they mention on the panel, and I don't remember seeing this during the season, and maybe I missed it. And Ramblers, if you're saying, hey, yeah, Russ, you missed it in this episode, in this scene, tweet me, all right? I'll tell you my Twitter at the end of the show. Tweet me the scene, the episode this guy appeared in, because frankly, I didn't see it. The panel talks about, oh, this season, maybe they were joking, be facetious. They were going to bring on Mr. Terrific, and he was going to be an openly gay character. Okay. I don't remember seeing that at all in that season. Now, maybe I missed it. And if I did, I stand corrected. As I said, if I did, tweet me, send me a Twitter, and tell me the, the episode and the scene where he appears or appears. And I'll stand corrected. I, I want somebody to prove it to me. Either tweet me it, go on my Facebook page, Leave me a note, something. Ah, uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I don't remember seeing him ever in that season. Ah, uh, you do get a great feature on Smooth Criminal, the Damien Dark story. Is a great um, the one that we talk we talk to Neil McDonough about his character and, and the villain that he is. That was kind of cool. But that's it. There's no uh, featurettes on some of the stunts in Arrow, what we saw in previous season releases. None in the costuming. All, all that stuff that was in the previous season releases, they've gone, ah, forget about it. You don't need to know. And and so it's bare bones. The only other featurettes in here are the Starcross Hawks, the same featurettes from the Flash season. So they just copied them over. Instead of making, you know, more new ones specifically to Arrow, they've just copied those over from the Flash one. Or they took... I don't know which way it went, but we had getting repeats of special effects. Even though I really enjoyed the season, I'm I'm a little disappointed in the Arrow season. You know the the special features not as hefty as previous seasons, not half as much. 
as what we got for the same, you know, parallel season of Flash season two. So I'm, I'm, you know, let them know when season five of Arrow comes out in the next couple of months that, that, that maybe we'll, we'll get back to a more decent amount of special features and not just deleted scenes and gang reel and a couple in there to throw you a bone. Uh, as with, as with the flash, no audio commentary, any one of these 22 episodes of the four seasons, that's a bit of a shame. Uh, but, but I, I think, uh, when it comes to comparing the flash definitely wins out over featurettes. And I'm just hoping that, uh, Come, come, you know, Arrow season five, they're more fuller, and and then we don't suffer a cut down in Flash season three. Well, that hits the home video market as well. We'll see. Again, that's a couple of months. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you more from there, but though those that that is my take on the extras for Arrow season four and Flash season two on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment.
My book review for this episode is Marvel's Spider-Man Inside the World of Your Friendly Neighborhood Hero, current updated and expanded edition, courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. Now, with Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, of course, at a theater near you, I thought, yeah, it's out this brand new book from DK. Now, what this does, of course, this is edited by good old Matthew K. Mann, who's done quite, or written by Matthew K. Mann, who's done quite a bit of these, of these books, and uh, additional text by Tom DeFalco. This uh, another great look into, into the, the world of a hero from the very beginnings right up until pretty much present day. It goes... Yeah, as as close as we can to present day, right up, right from the origins, right up into the new Amazing Spider-Man number one that was published not that long ago. We have Peter Parker, our Spider-Man Incorporated. So right from the origins, right up to then. It's it's a cool book, as well as always with these kind of books. We get some nice full color spreads. We get all the friends and family and foes of your friendly neighborhood. Spider-Man going from the 1960s right until present day. From all you know, all the all the great villains like Vulture, Doctor Octopus, Sandman, Lizard, Electro, Mysterio, Green Goblin, all the ones, and then you get the newer ones like like um, like Ezekiel and and um, alternate realities and Spider Girl and all that kind of stuff is introduced in this. The, the artwork in this is really, and I love this kind of stuff. It really. If you ever were like, well, I, I never know much about this certain character. This is definitely uh, worth checking out. And he goes, you know, he's Miles Morales and and the the found uh, the Spider Island stuff and Maximum Carnage and the uh, Four Foundation and all all this stuff. And what what one that. Yeah. One of the great uh, two kind of page spreads I like near the end is the 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 course the debut of Spider-Man was the Amazing Fantasy, right? And so over the years, th- they've done a lot of kind of plays on the Amazing Fantasy cover, and, and what they did in the back of the book is there's a compilation of all the different versions of the Amazing Spider-Man cover, going from the very first one. Right up until present day, including uh, all the different variations they did on that classic Spider-Man swinging and carrying a dude pose, and and I think that that's kind of cool. They even do the Marvel Zombies one, which is <laughs> kind of funny in a way. So so that's there. It is one of the most comprehensive looks at Spider-Man you will ever see. We get a foreword by Stan Lee and an afterword by the author himself. So that's kind of see. That this is probably the most comprehensive you're going to get until they make another updated, expanded version. I love the the two page spreads, by the way, too. It really kind of highlights just the amazing artwork and how the character has evolved over the years. Also, the side of the book has that kind of gold kind of lining, which is kind of accents it really nicely, and it really is uh, a great guide. It gives you kinds of key themes, storylines, character studies. And probably the most in-depth look of of any kind of superhero. I love the way they do these. And if you want to bone up on your friendly neighborhood web web, I can't think of a way to do this with another one of these terrific books from DK. So that is my take at Spider-Man Inside the World of Your Friendly Neighborhood Webhead. Updated and expanded edition, courtesy of the great folks at DK Publishing. 
that's it for this episode of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me with a number of ways. You can always check me out on Twitter. I'm at Rambling Russ, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me out back. I appreciate all the retweets and favorites to get on Twitter. And hey, welcome to any new followers that get on Twitter. Thank you for following my Twitter feed. And as I said, with with the arrow thing, if 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 I'm wrong about the Mr. Terrific character, let me know. Cite me examples, and I will go back and I will look to see and prove me wrong. Of course, you can check out me as well on Facebook. Just type in Rambled Russ in the Facebook search and you'll find my page there, which I really need to sometime in the near future. Girls are right here on the Talk Shoe Network. I'm show 18411. That's my caller ID. Please check episodes are uploaded here. And I encourage you to leave a review in the review section at the bottom of the page. We're going to visit my page. I like to get input from my listeners. Of course, all the episodes are still on Libsyn. Just go to http full colon backslash backslash ramblingrust dot L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. That's where all my old episodes from May of 2006 right up to August 2013. And then I moved here to Talk Shoe. Of course, you can also check out my older episodes on iTunes as well in the iTunes store under podcast. Now you're saying to yourself, hey, Russ, this is two weeks in a row. Are you going to go back to a regular weekly show? I can't promise that now. I'm not going to promise that. Just that I was able to get through some stuff, and I want to clear some stuff out before August. It's going to be another busy month in September. For me, a lot of big releases coming out via Paramount, via Disney, uh, hopefully Sony as well, I think. There's a lot of TV shows and movies that are coming out in the next couple of months, so I'm trying to get a little ahead of myself to do so. So am um, I promising you, uh, is, this, you know, is this the start of a weekly show again? No, I, I can't promise that. At the very best, at the very minimum, I'll try to give you at least a new show every two weeks. Uh, coming up this weekend, coming weekend, I have some fat coming up soon, so a lot of my time is going to get eaten up. I can't promise you an episode. If there is, of course, just check out my Twitter feed. Every time I put a new episode up, I try to as quick as I can post it up on Twitter or just keep checking back on the talk show page for a new episode to go i i i'll try my best you know at, at the very least I'll, I'll do more than than one a month you know that's the best i can promise you I, ideally i'd like to get back to one but we're still kind of settling in here in the niagara region so i can't i can't promise you one a week like i used to right now so be patient i'm counting to give you as much new content as i possibly can as i said september august september Got to be big months coming up. I know uh, there should be a copy coming my way of Kong, 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 so on the next new episode of the show, I hope to have that review for you. I'm making my way through still um, Supergirl Season 1 and Legends of Tomorrow Season 1, so those reviews will be coming in the near future. And uh, also as well, I still need to get through Season 1 of Incorporated, courtesy of Paramount. Uh, eventually, I'll hopefully get through Welcome to the Loud House, Season 1, Volume 1, and the double feature of the Wild Wild West, Wild West Revisited, and more Wild Wild West, courtesy of Paramount Home Video. So, a lot of titles coming up. Just be patient. Keep listening. I thank you all for your support. This is the reason why I do the show. It's because I know you're out there somewhere. But, you know, feedback is great. Anyway, that's it for me. Stay cool in this hot July weather, and we'll catch you next time right here on Ramble Russell. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.